Grand rising, grand rising, happy people. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Your Business Call with Tracy Walker. This is where you can come get your daily dose of marketing, of mindset, of marketing, and of money. We do this every single Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies and gentlemen, what I am going to recommend that you do is that you put a call reminder in your phone. Set it as an alarm. Set it as something that is standing every Monday through Friday, okay? I just want everybody to know, we are uh, I'm speaking with some of the people on my team, and um, we're going to reduce the number of text messages that are going out. So it's important, guys, that as adults, that when you get the notification about the call, uh, when you first subscribe, that you go ahead, you plug the number into your phone, you go ahead and you set your alarm for 855 or 856 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, and, and make sure that you are on this call, okay, on this call. Listen, no one has to remind you to go to work every day, do they? Nope. Nobody has to remind you that your mortgage is due. No one has to remind you that your child needs to be fed. These are things that are important. These are things that are priority. And guess what? I want you to believe and understand that this call is just as important to your mental, your emotional, your financial growth as any of those other foundational things that relate to our food, water, and shelter, okay? Your mental state your mental health is so super-duper important, and there aren't many people out there that give a darn enough to take 30 minutes out of their day to literally commit to the development, to the growth, to the insight of others, of others. And I am so passionate about helping people to win and succeed that I am using what I believe is my gift, which is my voice. Maybe voice is not your gift. Some people use their voice because they are able to sing and they can do beautiful melodies and harmonies and bring joy to your heart, bring tears to your eyes, and actually move your spirit through the gift of song. Some people are blessed with the gift of dance. You know, I grew up in dance, and I love the art form of dance. I wish I could dance more. I just haven't had that much time to get into the adult dance classes and things of that sort. I was going for a little bit, then I had my baby, and that was out, okay? So I got to find some time. But I love the art form of dance and the ability to express and to convey emotion and messages through movement of the body. Guys, maybe your, your, your gift is in that of writing and, the, and using the word, using language to convey a message to people, to help people understand a perspective, to help people to make a decision in their life that they need to make that's going to help them be better. Maybe that is your gift. Whatever your gift is, you must use it. You must use it. And that is really the title of what we're talking about here on today is using your gift. Using your gift. In what way can you use what the Most High has already given you in an effort to help propel yourself and bring others along with you? What do you know how to do? What do you have access to? What is it that you do naturally without a bunch of effort, without a bunch of research and development and practice and practice and practice? What can you do 
that seems to come so easy to you. And here's a clue. Others say, man, I wish I could do that. Or others say, man, you do that so well. Or others say, man, could you do that for me? Right? What is it that others see in you that you know is there, but for some reason you aren't using? You see, when we're in business, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful thing about business, especially direct sales, is that we are taking other people's products and services and we are selling them. To me, that is one of the best things that you could do, is to take a product or service that somebody else has created, and when, with their permission, you sell it, and then they compensate you for that. That is the best thing you can do. You know why? Because you don't have to worry about creation. You don't have to worry about development. You don't have to worry about delivery. You don't have to worry about um, all those different things that go into, you know, prototypes and, um, and, and all the things that just go into the background of creating stuff. You don't have to worry about the testing. You don't have to do it. All you have to do is take something that you see has value in the marketplace. And whether you're getting the most value out of it or not doesn't matter. If you see that it in itself does have value and other people can use it, including yourself, regardless of whether or not you're disciplined enough to use it for yourself, regardless of, not, regardless of whether or not you feel like you get all the pieces together, regardless of whether or not you feel like you've mastered it, that's not what you're selling it for. You're not selling it because you've mastered it, because it's not your job to do all of that. You're selling it because you're offering someone else an opportunity to level up, and you believe in it. You believe in it. How many of you guys believe in things, and you know good and well you have not maximized it? You say you believe in the most high, but you don't take steps out on faith. So you don't have to believe something to the point of mastery and this and that in order to execute. What you have to be able to do is look at something and say, yes, that this thing has value. Okay, great. And I believe it can work for other people. Okay, fantastic. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go internal. I'm going to go inside, and I am going to find and use my mechanism that allows me to share in the best way I know how the power of what it is that I am marketing and selling so that my marketplace, that the people out there understand that what I have is beneficial to them. What methodology do you have? What gift do you have? Something that you don't have to learn. There's one thing about me and, and my development and my growth. I realized that speaking was my deal. I knew speaking was my deal back when I was in college. But after I understood what I really had, what my gift really was, and I looked back over my life, I realized that even in elementary school, speaking was my deal. You know, back in Chicago growing up, and I don't know how your, um, how your report cards and things used to be, but, man, we used to get report cards what they call every quarter, every marking period, right? And we used to get four report cards. We would get two report cards like in the fall time, and then we would get two report cards in the springtime. So we had four marking periods. And each report card, um, once you had the report card, you could take it home to your parents or whatever, and then you had to bring it back because it was the same card that documented growth 
um, over the school year, and you could see the progression based on marking period one, marking period two, marking period three, and marking period four. And one of the amazing things about my school, I actually went to an elementary school called Robert A. Black uh, Magnet Elementary School. It was a magnet school, okay? Um, and so this school was, you know, you had to have, it was a waiting list to get in. It was a public school. It was a Chicago public school, but it was a magnet school, which meant that you still had to qualify and there was still a waiting list and there was still an elevated level of education that was provided within those, within the building, um, within the walls of that building. And so anyway, um, I, I went to Robert A. Black from uh, first grade all the way through eighth grade, okay? I graduated from Robert A. Black. Uh, and I remember it had to be around first grade, second grade, I would get the report card, right? And I would get A's and B's on my report card, okay? I don't think I really ever got all A's. You know, I mean, I tried because it was like a thing like, oh, man, such and such got all A's, such and such got all A's. I don't know. I just could never get all A's. It was always like all A's and a B. <laughs> all A's and a B, right? I mean, even in my collegiate life, I could, I never got all A's, right? I mean, I had, when I graduated college, I had a four, uh, I mean, when I graduated high school, I had a 4.3 uh, GPA, but that was because I was taking AP classes, right? It wasn't like 4.3 out of 4.0. I was 4.3 out of 5.0, right? So, like, I still just, um, it was just weird. Anyway, uh, the point is, that the, the report card. So the report card had on the left-hand side, it had like your name, um, it had your actual educational classes, like English, it had reading, it had writing, it had penmanship, it had math, it had science, it had social studies, it had gym, we had art, we had music, uh, what else did we have? We had other stuff too, right? But it was all on that left-hand side, and it was listed. And then um, somewhere midway of that side of the card, there were these, it was like a little chart. And the, and the teacher would have to put whether the A, B, C, D, or F in the little box for marking period number one, marking period number two, three, and four. So that's where your grades went on the left-hand side, right, A, B, C, D, or F. Now, on the right-hand side of the card, these were things that had nothing to do with your academics, but everything to do with more of your, your behavior, uh, your attention, your detail, those types of things. So they had things over there like self-control, um, uh, uh, a willingness to help, um, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, assistance, assisting us, like just different things that, that are relative to being a person not necessarily being um, a student, and that self-control box was at the top, or that self-control uh, line was at the top. And self-control, I would always get a check mark, like because in that box, what they would do is like if you didn't if you didn't have a problem with that area, they didn't put anything in it. But if you had a problem in that area and that area needed attention, they put a check mark in it. And so, marking period number one, I get a check mark in self-control. Right, and I'm trying to figure out. Well, I'm like five, six years old. Like, I don't have a self-control problem. <laughs> I can control myself, but then I learned that it was because my teacher was saying, "Well, you know," she would tell my mom, "You know, 
Tracy, you see her grades are well. She does really well in school. But when Tracy gets done with her work, she wants to talk to everybody else, right? So my mother would say, okay, Tracy, stop talking to everybody. You finish your work first. That's fine. But you need to find something else to do. Okay, I got it. I got it, right? Marking period number two, check, self-control. Yeah, well, you know, Tracy's just, she's still talking. <laughs> she's, she, she's still talking, okay? Um, not sure why she's still talking, but she's talking, right? So mom says, listen, I need you to make sure that you stop talking because you're being a distraction to other students. You're being a distraction. So just please, when you get done with your work too hard, you know, maybe read a book or find something to do, draw, do something, but don't lean over to your neighbor and start talking. Okay, okay, I'll try. I got it. Third marking period, check mark. Okay, then she calls my dad. Listen, I don't know what's going on, but she keeps getting this, these check marks in this self-control because she's talking. And Peter's like, well, you know, Tracy's a social butterfly, right? She's a social butterfly. She gets done. She walks around the class, right? She's trying to help everybody else. And really, we just need her to sit down and just let everybody complete their assignment or their test or whatever it is, whatever it is. My dad says, oh, well, maybe it'll kind of settle down, right? Fourth marking period, check mark. All right. This whole school year, my mom is, is ticked off, right? Ticked off. You are talking too dang much. Close your lips up, right? Now you're going to start getting it, okay? You're going to start getting in trouble. I'm going to start, you know, grounding you. you got to stop all this talking, right? Next grade, same thing, right? Third grade, whatever it is, second grade, same thing, you know. And then it kind of tapered off where it wasn't every marking period, but it was every other marking period, right? So I felt good in marking periods where I had control myself. And in the other marking periods, I could, obviously I couldn't control myself because that's what they called it. And I remember my dad saying, well, you know, Instead of punishing her or thinking that we need to punish her, that's so weird. I do remember that. Instead of uh, doing that, you know, and making it like it's a bad thing, why don't we encourage that? Like maybe that is uh, an area that we need to look at. Huh. Who knew? See, public school, and I'm not, I'm not against public school. I, I'm a, I am a product of a Chicago public school all the way through. I went to public school elementary at, at a public school, high school, which was not the safest place. When I look back, I'm like, Lord have mercy. I don't even know how we made it through that. I don't know how my mother was comfortable with me going to school every single day, like when I really look back over my high school. I would never do high school again. College, I would do college again because college, I had a ball. It was an amazing experience. I loved the people. I loved what I did. I loved my school. I loved my experience. It was fantastic. High school, never. I would never put myself in danger like I was in high school every freaking day, okay? Another story, another time. But the point is, public school is not designed for observing the gifts of the children. Public school is designed to, here's the curriculum, follow these steps in this way. If your child is unruly or if your child is talking or if your, your child can't sit down in their seat, if your child is walking around, if your child is this, it's not, there's no type of assessment to see, well, maybe your child is bored or and needs a more challenging assignment or maybe your child has a gift in something and they're just trying to explore. No, it's your child is either ADD, your child goes into uh, the demo class, your child needs to stay after for detention. It's always a punishment for not following the exact rule of law in that, in that world, right? And my dad said, well, you know, 
maybe there's something to this. So just, just you know, Tracy, you do need to be mindful, okay? Let's not continue to get in trouble about this. But adults on the other side, maybe we need to figure out what is it about the talking that she, like, why did she do it, right? Maybe it's something, right? And then I, I move into high school, and then, then I kind of start speaking and senior class this and that type of thing, and then I get into college, and now I'm in the business school, and literally I'm speaking and training and presenting and doing these types of things. I'm literally working with Fortune 500 CEOs that came to our campus. We're hosting them. Uh, we had companies in my school. At Florida a University, we had uh, in the School of Business and Industry, which we call SBI, School of Business and Industry, in SBI, there were companies. We ran companies as CEOs, presidents, vice presidents, senior vice presidents. We had those types of roles. And, of course, as freshmen, you come in, you work maybe like lower-level stuff, sophomore, then junior, you're more like the, the – uh, the, you could be a president or whatever. But generally, you're, by the end of your junior year, senior year, you're like a CEO of a company. I was actually the CEO of a company called WSBI. WSBI happened to be a television show that our, that our college, the School of Business and Industry, ran that was student ran it was faculty overseen but it was student ran where when different ceos came to the campus when the ceo of coke came when the ceo of bear came when the ceo of procter and gamble came when the ceo of 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 prudential came when the ceo of budweiser came when the CEO of any of these Fortune 500 companies came to our campus, every single CEO would have an opportunity to have um, questions asked by juniors and seniors who had prepared for that CEO, had valuable questions that were already written, and we had a studio set up where we had cameras, we had mics, we had the desk, and we had everything there, and the different students knew how to run the cameras, they knew how to set the mics, they knew how to, how to start the set, they knew how to, you know, okay, let's get ready, take one, they knew how to start the whole taping of the show. I was the CEO of that company, WSBI. And so I literally have run companies, even at a collegiate level, um, and understanding how different parts move and work since I was 18 years old. See, this talking thing, this talking thing has made me millions of dollars. This talking thing got me in trouble in school. I had to learn how to turn it on and turn it off. It's, it's controlling your power. Like Spider-Man, when Spider-Man first realized that he had the power of the web, he was shooting the doggone web out all over the place, just unruly, just uh, it's shooting out on the wall and it's covering up the, 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 um, the kitchen where the food is being cooked, right? It's co- his mom is getting upset. It's covering up this. He's, tie- he's tangling himself up in the web, right? He can't, he's shooting it out in his room, and it's too powerful for in his room. And so it's going everywhere. He's, he's, he's getting stuck places, right? So he had to learn to go outside and do it and realize that, the, oh, wait, I need a certain distance I can do it. Oh, wait, let me point my hand in this direction. Okay, boom. Let me have a certain force or a certain posture or a certain structure, and it does this. If I do it like this, I can actually crawl up the web. If I do it like this, I can capture somebody. If I do it, right, it was through the practice, through the through the habitual use of the web, that he learned how to control the web. And I want you to look at your gift in that way. 
You have a gift too, and the gift has to be controlled though. So when I was a small child, I didn't know how to control my gift. I was talking all the time. I'm shooting the web out all the time. I'm getting other people in trouble. I'm getting myself in trouble. My parents are like, stop, 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 stop. And I'm like, I can't stop. This is what God gave me. I didn't say that's what God gave me because I didn't know that's what God gave me at that time. But ultimately, that's what I was saying was that I can't stop it. This is who I am. I can't be controlled from the standpoint of a check or not a check. This is what I do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I can't stop doing it. My parents say, stop doing it. Teachers say, stop doing it. I say, I can't stop doing it. So I go to high school and I keep doing it. I go to college and I keep doing it. I come out of college and I start a real estate investment business and I keep doing it. And then I get into direct sales and I keep doing it. And everywhere I keep doing it and I keep doing it and I keep doing it and I get better and I get better and I refine and I practice and I refine and I practice and I refine and I practice. I get better. I make more money. I do more things. I get more experiences. I have more opportunities. People say, oh, my goodness, you speak so well. Oh, my goodness, you killed that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's encouragement. Yes, that thing that they wanted you to stop doing is the thing that you should not stop doing. And so what I want you to understand is that there's something that you have in the form of a gift that maybe somewhere somebody down the road, down the journey of your life has over time been trying to suppress that gift in you because of whatever reason. Oh, it's too much. It's too extra. It's this. It's that. It's weird. It's funny. I don't like it. Whatever it is. And so you have it. You know you've got it, but you don't use it. You don't expound on it. You don't express it because of fear of rejection, because of fear of condemnation, because of fear of criticism. And I want you to understand that it is through the gift that says your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. So for you not to use your gift because somebody else has a problem with it, you are shortchanging who? You. You don't get ahead by suppressing the gift. You only get ahead by using the gift using the gift. And so when I decided to do this call, it was because I said, you know what, I notice different things are happening around me, and I really feel like it's because I'm not using my gift. I really feel like I'm being a little bit more quiet. Yes, I'm doing a lot of work in behind the scenes. Yes, I'm figuring things out. Yes, I'm kind of, you know, being Rain Man and A plus B equals C and 1 plus 2 and try this and try that and put a little formula together and a chemical little thing and putting stuff in the beaker and boom, voila, you know, here's a little marketing system. Like, I, I do spend time doing that, but if I spend too much time doing that I re and I'm not using my gift, I realize that I get rusty with things. I realize that it doesn't always go over as well as it needs to, and I realize I have to go back and I have to refine, and I have to practice, and I have to do it more. So, yes, is the Mind Your Business called Design for You? Yes. Does it have you in mind in terms of the topics and me trying to express and me trying to speak life into you? Yes. But I also want you to understand that the Mind Your Business call is for me because it reminds me to mind my business, which in this sense, minding and focusing on my gift, which is on speaking and training. So that I must do. I must do. 
I will do it whether you're here. I will do it whether you're not here. You know why? Because the gift is for me. It will make room for me. I am sharing it with you because I want it to add value to you. But if you don't make time for it, if it's not important to you, if you can't do it today, if it's not part of your daily routine, it's not going to stop anything because my gift is going to make room for me. The seed is not going unnoticed that it's being planted whether you're present or not, and I need you to understand that. Because it's the same way with your gift. Whether people see your marketing and your advertising right away or not, it doesn't matter. Do you believe in what it is that you are sharing and are you speaking resoundingly from the top of the building figuratively that this is the deal? This is what it is. Everybody needs to pay attention. Hey, hey, hey. Over here, over here, do you see what's going on? I know there's a lot of distractions over there. I know there's a lot of things making you think you should go left when you should really go right. I know there's a lot of things that's making you worried, a lot of things that's, help, uh, that's going against what you feel, your morals and your values. I get it. But hey, 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 I want you to pay attention to this. If you continue to do that in whatever way, for me it's speaking, for you, maybe it too is speaking. But for others, maybe it's literally in teaching. Maybe it's literally in writing. Maybe it's in dance. Maybe it's in sign language. Maybe it's in you know how to put things together. Like Asan, uh, one, of, one of the founders of the company that I'm a part of, his name is Asan. Asan doesn't speak that much at all. He doesn't, in fact, I mean, he, he has to speak at times because he has to uh, showcase different resources and things that the company develops uh, at, at large conferences and things of that sort. But ultimately, he's never never on a conference call. He's never on the Zoom. He's never in the forefront like that because that's not his deal. They allow him to work in what? His gift. His gift is behind the scenes. His gift is taking things apart, finding out how they work, and putting them back together even better. His gift is in understanding how a process works and automating a process in such a way that it makes the use of it easier and better for people like me and you. His, his gift is to understand how people think, and how and what it is that people want, and combine that with the use of technology such that what you want is what you get. That's his gift. So he spends all of his time, 90% of his time doing what? With his head down, minding his business, focusing on what? His gift. Because his gift has now made room for him. At 30 years old, hundreds of millions of dollars, his gift has made room for him. The gymnasts that go out there in those Olympics at 16 years old and win gold medals and, and, and can flip their bodies and twist them around and contort almost and do all these amazing flips and somersaults and things like this. See, their gifts have made room for them. Yeah, most of them are like 4'10", 4'6", 4'11", almost midget sizes for adults. Who's that short at that age? But that gift has made room for them. Maybe in your world of corporate America, being 4'6 is odd. But if you stepped into a gym and you were 5'6, you're too big. You odd. You the one can't fit between these uneven bars. You the one that feel like a giant. Because in their world, they're the right size doing the right thing. Their gift is making room. In your world, they're midgets. In their world, you're a giant. 
I need you to understand we talked about perspective before. You know, it's funny, and I'm getting ready to close out here. It's funny because, um, you know, our whole life people grow up um, and, and they, they grow up with these biases or they grow up with these perspectives, uh, and, and it's kind of funny at times because it's like I'll meet people and I'm like, oh, my God, you're tall. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is the, I've been this way my whole life. Well, not my whole life, but majority of my life. Like, I'm aware of my position in this, in this world. Like I, but if I said, oh, my God, you're fat, oh, now I'm being disrespectful. <laughs> right? If I say, oh, my God, you're ugly. Oh, my God, your hair is short. Oh, my God, your eyebrows look like trash. I would be the one disrespectful, wouldn't I? I would be, right? Because, because the judgment that people make on me is supposed to be received as no big deal. But the judgment that you make on them is automatically perceived as an insult. And so what I'm saying is how about – you don't need to remind somebody about the position. They're quite aware. Like somebody who's overweight is quite aware that they're overweight. They deal with that. They understand that. You understand what I'm saying? Like somebody who's good at something also knows that. Like they don't need you to tell them that they're good at it. They, they kind of already know that. Like they're, they're a genius at that part. They don't need you to tell them. Now, if that's your observation, you feel like the need to do it, that's your need to do it that you having to express something that you feel you need to express in the form of an observation that you're making. But that person doesn't need it. They don't need it. They've been dealing with this or rolling with this their whole entire life. So people don't need you to tell them about themselves. Oh, my God, your hair is so long. No shit. <laughs> you don't think I know that? <laughs> I mean, you could say, oh, it's pretty, but to say it's long, okay, so I know that. Your hair is short. What if I walk up to somebody and say, oh, my God, your hair is so short? You perceive that as an insult, don't you? But if you say, oh, my God, your hair is so long, it's like, oh, that's a compliment. Well, why? Who gave you that perspective, that the long part is the compliment and the short part is the insult? Who gave you that? See, we speak on things like that, right, and then we don't like it. It's back at us. So what I'm saying, that was a sidebar, so I don't even know where I got into that. It was just perception because <laughs> I was just thinking about it. But what I want you guys to know is ultimately your gift, okay? Tap in. Tap in today. Take some time this week. Really uncover your gift. Some of you guys know what your gift is already. You're just in a state of refusal to use it because of the fear that I talked about before, of rejection, of um, condemnation, of criticism, of all those different things. And I'm going to suggest that you understand the purpose that God gave you the gift. If you focus on that, if you mind your business on that and stop worrying about what somebody else has to say about it, then you'll understand that your gift will make room for you. And I don't know anybody else that you can make room for but yourself. That's it. You, you came here by yourself. Even twins, even twins are usually born at different times. They still came here. They, might have, they may have came here in partnership, but they really entered the world alone by themselves. I don't recall there being, I mean, maybe there is. Like, I don't have twins, but I don't know about two children that were born and came out their mama womb at the exact same time. Even if it's one minute different, two minute different, six minute different, you know, maybe there are two that came out exactly at the same time. I don't know. But if they did, that is some rare, rare, rare stuff. Generally speaking, most people come into this world by themselves. 
okay? And so your gift is your gift. Use it. Focus on you. Develop you. Use you. So those of you that can speak, I need to see you speaking more. Those of you that can write, I need to see you writing more. Those of you that can draw and have graphic design, I need to see you designing more. Those of you that work really, really well with numbers, I need to see you doing that more. Those of you that can do amazing things and working with teams and helping people to see things and go from A to B, I need to see you doing that more. For those of you that can help people make a transition in their life and get people to go from point A to point B, I need to see you doing that more. I need you to do it in small numbers just like if you would do it in large numbers. I need you to do it when somebody's not looking, just like you'd be willing to do it if somebody was looking. Your character is what you do when nobody is looking. Your personality is who everybody thinks you are. Let me say it the reverse way. Your personality is who everybody thinks you are. Your character is who you are when nobody's looking. So I want you to step into your true character and leverage your true gift. And remember, your gift, it will make room for you. I hope that today brought some value to your life. I hope that today uh, gave you some insight. It gave you something to kind of chew on a little bit and say, okay, you know what, yes, let me work on these things and inspire you to do something bigger and greater and, and better, okay? Um, we do this call again every single Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we do it um, – Oh, oh, and, and the, you make sure that if you're not on the text list, if I was reading them, I got distracted. Uh, if you're not on the text list uh, for whatever reason, make sure that you get on the call. Oops, hold on. Make sure that you get on uh, the text list. Um, wait a second. Can you guys hear me? I hope that you guys can hear me. If you can hear me, go ahead and type something in the chat there so I can see. I think you guys can hear me. Okay, fantastic. Um, make sure that you get on the list because um, we're going to be changing some things up on how we communicate and so on and so forth. i kind of been working on some of those processes too. But at any rate, make sure you text the word podcast to 770-818-4333. Again, text the word podcast to um, 770-818-4333. I have had people call the number, right? I'm like, okay, but it says text, but, you know, okay, reading is fundamental. Okay, guys, listen, we have got to follow simple instructions because I get voicemails and people are like, how do I get your voicemail? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, oh, your flyer said the, this is the number. I said, no, the flyer says to text podcast to the number. People say, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. So, like, I don't even know how people skip all this. So, like, the, the brain is so, it's so easy to distort and delete information that you don't even realize it. Oh, we'll talk about that the other day. That's a great topic, right, the distortion and deletion. But I'm so excited to have you guys on. Thank you for tuning in. Use your gift. Identify your gift. And even if you used to get in trouble for it, whatever, usually whatever you used to get in trouble for, that's, that, that's, what, that's kind of where you're going with it, right? Like my son get in trouble. I, I really don't get – he doesn't really get in trouble because I understand, right? But when he's always playing baseball in my house, like I can't be mad. Like, I, I do have to try to teach him there's a time and a place. He can only use certain types. Like, he can't use a real baseball. He can't use a real bat. He'll use a sock. You know, he'll use this. He'll use that. But the point is that that is his gift. Like, for me to suppress his gift at such an early age would be such a disservice to him. Because why? Because of a rule that you can't do it in a house? Yeah, but the environment that we live in in a city life is we live in 
uh, an apartment compu- a community. Uh, uh, we have a lot of apartments over here. Like, we don't live in, in a, a single-family home. So the idea that the single-family home child uh, can progress and the, and the child that lives more in a city, uh, a city environment can't, you know, for me, it's, a, it's problematic. So everybody can run their house where they run, run their house, but I got to run my house based on principle. And principle, more or less, is not so much about, hey, I'm tired of hearing that hit the door. That's my own personal thing. But the principle is, when I look at it, is, look, this child is practicing something. This is a gift. Give him some space. Let him do his thing. Now, there's a time and a place. There can be parameters. There can be boundaries. Absolutely. But to completely eliminate it because I don't want to hear it, how selfish is that when it's his gift and I'm his mother? I should be encouraging that gift. I should be encouraging that, that part of him where he feels and builds confidence in what he's doing, not being timid because that then he gets out on a baseball field and he's looking at me, looking at me, looking at me for approval. No, that's not the way I want him to be. Well, he's not that way anyway, honey. When he get on that baseball field, he don't give a darn what nobody's saying. He keep his eye on that ball, and he smacks it. That's why we call him the boom, okay? When J. Mize gets to the bat, it's boom time. Okay, sorry. Baseball's getting ready to start up, y'all. I'm getting excited, okay? You tell I'm a baseball mom. We're going to double A this year, okay? He's going to 9U this year. And uh, kid pitch, we're excited about kid pitch because last year was rookie season. It was um, rookie season. They always do the pitching machine. Pitching machine was different for him because he's always picked. He's always hit off of a pitch. So to go to the league and then have to hit off a pitching machine is a little bit of an adjustment. But balls are coming out in 40, 45 miles an hour. He really, really was able to, you know, learn that and kind of master that at that point. Um, and so now we're going to kid pitch, which is really what he loves to do. Um, and so we spend a lot of time out there at Truist Park at the field where the kids play so he can just smack the ball straight across there, right? He has balls all on top of the Omni Hotel. My child does well. So I got to encourage that gift not suppress that gift, because as he grows, I need him to be confident in his gift so that he can grow, just like somebody was confident in my gift and allowed me to grow and didn't force me to be timid where I didn't speak at all, but that was the exact freaking thing that the Most High wanted me to do. So remember, remember what I said to you. Embrace it. Practice it. Pull it out of the old bucks. Dust it all off. Dust it on off, okay? Get your little dust, dust thing, dust it off, shake it out, iron it, get the creases out, steam it, do what you need to do, hang it on up, and get ready to wear that gift because that is what makes you you. I'll see everybody tomorrow, same time, same line. Thanks for tuning in. I love you and God bless.